Welcome to the Homegrown Podcast, the place where we share the truth about food and farming from our kitchen to yours. I'm your host, Liz Hazelmeyer, along with my husband, Joey, and together we hope to inspire, educate, and equip you in your pursuit of true nourishment. The truth is, if you can be an effective parent to your children by providing proper authority, guidance, clear communication, and grace when needed, you can teach your children. The subject matter is almost irrelevant. Whether you're teaching your child how to have better friendships or how to carry the one in math, you are already your child's teacher in all aspects of life. So don't fret over the traditional academic subjects, i.e. math, science, history, language arts. You already possess the skills needed to relay information. So that's an excerpt from a little ebook called Contemplating Homeschool that I wrote, gosh, probably three years ago by now. And uh, the very first page is called, is, the headline is, If You Can Parent, You Can Teach. And this is sort of a philosophy that helps me in the moments where I feel like, what am I doing? This is outside of my scope. This is above my pay grade. (laughs) Because it's this simple idea of, listen, I already possess the skills I need to communicate to my kids, to have patience and show them grace and love, and to help them understand concepts. And for some reason, I think oftentimes we have this mental block between sort of like life concepts and the classroom. And I think that's part of the beauty of homeschool is that it sort of melds those two together. I love that. I think to even put a cherry on top of that topic and the way that you've explained it is I feel like it's honoring to teachers you know, I wouldn't take this. It's so easy as a homeschool family to interact with. I have friends that are teachers to interact with teachers and, and to say, well, we homeschool. <laughs> and the immediate thought that goes through their head or that at least goes through my head is that they're thinking that I think that the, that the schooling system is trash and that teachers are terrible yeah. and that we're going to do it on our own. And reality, yeah, I think the system is, is not perfect for every kid. I think that homeschooling can be customized from kid to kid. I love that about homeschooling. And I think to say something, I think it's profound. If you can parent, you can teach. And it, I don't think it's a, um, what, what do you call that, where it's, it works both ways, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's not that if you can teach, you can parent, but that teaching is a major component of parenting. Yeah. And so if you can parent your kids and you are a parent and you're and you're taking care of your children then you can teach them and i think to reiterate something that you already said is that if you're parenting kids you already are teaching them this is just a more academic approach to some of the parenting that you're already doing that's i love that it's spectacular yeah so uh if you can't already tell we're going to be talking about homeschooling for the episode today and and it's going to sort of seep into other areas of life right parenthood in general sort of our approach to life um, maybe a little bit of history and our personal schooling experiences but we're mostly just going to rely on this contemplating homeschool ebook um, and just sort of dissect it because it has been a while since I wrote this. And I think so much of it, what's in here is really fundamental to how I view schooling our girls. And um, 
it's just fun to talk through a resource that other people can grab. And this is a, a free resource on my website. So um, as we're talking through it, even you could pull it up and kind of read right along with us because we're going to be discussing inserting little bits in there that maybe aren't in the book and uh, hopefully just creating a conversation that's helpful for anyone who either already homeschools, is contemplating homeschooling, or has children in other forms of, of school whether that's public, private, hybrid, um, and just encourage you in your own educational choice. So let's, uh, let's keep it rolling here. Remember, homeschooling doesn't mean you have to be solely responsible for the major subjects. You can enlist a tutor for upper math, enroll your child in a co-op program to help them be a better writer. If you're worried about how you'll manage the extra time with your children, remember that your ability to parent them will make your time with them so much sweeter. Homeschooling or not, children should never rule our schedules, dictate our moods, or feel like a hindrance to the peace in our home. You are the authority. You set the guidelines. You establish how you want your home to operate. Luckily, much of that establishment is actually made easier when you have more time to practice it as a family. So this little segment on page two is sort of my like response to myself when I'm feeling um, overwhelmed because it's a reminder that all, all this daily flexing of these muscles, this patience, this like organization, which can sometimes be hard for me, um, it gets easier the more we do it. So I think so often people are contemplating homeschool or they're thinking about it and they're just wondering how in the world is my house still going to feel like a peaceful place for me? How is is my home and my relationship with my child still going to feel like a parent-child relationship and not like all of a sudden teacher-student or whatever? And um, I think those are valid questions, but I also think it's a good reminder to say, hey, homeschooling or not, us parents, we're the authority in the house. Um, that's not only a huge responsibility on us regardless, but it's it's also sort of a, I mean, we even joke back and forth, you know, we say we're not going to be held hostage. If our kids are having a really hard time at bedtime, we feel that sort of anxiety creeping up of like, oh my goodness, this this house feels chaotic and out of control. And then we pause for a minute and we say, you know what? We got this. Like we might need to flex a little bit or meet them where they're feeling or talk about why they're having such a hard time going to sleep or figure out, hey, what did they eat today and what's going on? But at the end of the day, like we are still um, the parents who have authority to to call the shots and not in like a disciplinarian, I have no empathy, but in a hey, I have control over this situation. I have control over my environment. I'm going to teach my children to have control over their environment and the, and show them the ways that they influence and impact that. So I think this piece about, you know, if you're worried how you'll manage the extra time with your kids is a real thing because, you know, if you're used to your kids being gone from you, it is, there's an adjustment period. Even me personally, when I spend an afternoon out of the house, I come home that evening and it feels like my temper is shorter. It feels like my fuse is shorter because I just haven't been flexing that muscle today. I haven't been 
in it. I haven't established, okay, this is sort of where everyone is today. You know, obviously some days are harder, some days are easier. So, uh, yeah, any thoughts on? No, I, I love that, that this is highlighting almost a, a virtue that our family's been living by for the last three years. And it's been a powerful one. And it's one of your capacity to do something can't grow unless you push it. Yeah. It's the same thing with working out. I want to lift more weight. If you want to lift more weight, you have to push yourself to an uncomfortable place. Now, what I'm not saying is, is that, hey, with homeschooling, you have to make it really uncomfortable. Be miserable. That'll help you. No, that's not what I'm saying. What I am saying is, is that it will start off uncomfortable. It will start off feeling different. And that's okay. Yeah. And recognizing that each day that goes by, it gets easier. A phrase we love to use at our business is, the launch takes the most fuel. With a rocket ship, when it's going into space, when you are launching that ship, the most fuel consumption happens getting off the ground. That's profound, because when you think about it, this idea of homeschooling, and if, if you're hyper-anxious about the workload and the, well, it will be a lot of work. There will be days where you feel you know, defeated and it's challenging and, and, and you, there are so many things in life that we feel that. And the more we get into those sorts of situations, the more normal and the more accustomed to them uh, we become. And so, you know, I think back to when we started homeschooling the first year, I remember us sitting down to evaluate how, you know, kind of, how did this go? And are we going to do this next year? And, you know, if I remember back, there was a lot of things that were pointing towards, hey, let's put our kids back in school. Well, if you remember the first year that we homeschooled Sophia, two months into the school year, we had a three-story house flood. It was not <laughs> ideal. That took 10 months to repair. We were lifting some heavy weight. We were growing our capacity. Yeah. And uh, I, I would say that it still isn't, easier we're still lifting weight every every year that our kids get older and new challenges arise that weight increases a little bit so and as we add kids right so we have <clears throat> this might have been helpful to say earlier but we have an 11 year old who's in the fifth grade hmm. we have a five-year-old who sort of dabbles in kindergarten <laughs> slash preschool and a one-year-old. So we're navigating nap time with a baby. We're navigating um, an early learner who maybe isn't quite ready to dive into like a solid academic structure quite yet, but um, shows some very like keen interest in specific topics. Mm -hmm. we'll talk about girl who's in tune with nature. Oh my God. That is Ruthie. And then Sophia, who is, you know, I remember going into this fifth grade year thinking, I don't know that I can teach fifth grade to her. Like, I don't know. Fifth grade just felt like middle school. Like this is, this is getting real close to junior high and high school. I don't know. There's just a certain, felt less elementary to me. And so this is our fifth year homeschooling because we started in first grade. 
And yeah, every year I feel like I've learned more. Every year I learn more about Sophia, which I think is the coolest part. Every year I learn more about my um, inklings because I think I would just sit and, and watch documentaries with the girls and we would go pick flowers in the field. <laughs> and so it it's a little bit, I have to push myself to have some structure and to have some, you know, that's why I enlisted another family to meet a couple times a month to say, hey, let's do some school together. There's some accountability there. There's some accountability. Yeah. There's some conversation back and forth. There's some, you know, kids who are maybe a grade level above Sophia, which, you know, grade levels don't mean a whole lot to me. But, hey, what are you learning in math? Hey, what is challenging for you? Hey, what skill do you feel like was really important when you, you know, it's just it's more of a conversation back and forth. And I say the same thing to Sophia because I tell her all the time, you know, we have to master a skill before we're going to move on to the next, like, especially in a subject like math, um, where it builds on each other. Mm-hmm. And I tell her, you know, I don't, I don't care if you sit down and you, you blitz through a math lesson in 15 minutes, if you have the skill and you're now practicing it, let's go like let's keep blazing or if you need to park somewhere for a week a week and a half and really understand square roots whatever that's what we're working on currently um that's okay I don't care at the end of the day if you wrote down the right answer I care if you know how you got to the right answer and I'll never forget she was looking at me and I had my phone in my hand and she said can we just look up this answer I just want to have it and I said, it doesn't matter if you have, if you know the right answer. What matters is if you know how you got to it. And then I kind of stopped and I was like, wow, that's a life lesson I need to apply. <laughs> I was sort of speaking to myself. So anyways, yeah, your capacity grows immensely and, and you sort of highlight and it becomes almost an intuitive thing where you're so close to the situation you can see, but you also want people who have more of an outside perspective that you can ask. And that's why we have things like educational evaluations at the end of every school year with a licensed professional teacher. <laughs> you know, there are benchmarks in place to make sure that we're not just floating through space and that we're growing and developing our students. And so I think that's important too for people to understand, hey, you're not in this alone. You are for sure supported. Um, And yet it's going to stretch you like you've never Mm. imagined. So moving back into this book. Homeschooling, public schooling, private schooling all take different forms of time, energy, and engagement that seem to equal out once you lay them side by side. Public and private schools actively collaborate with parents during all stages of their child's education with convenient apps, emails, newsletters, keeping you in the loop and alerting you of any concerns or needs. If you choose to send your child to a public or private school, you are not excluded from their education. Yes, their lessons take place outside your home, but you still know what your child is learning. You can choose to be an active participant in school activities and extracurriculars. Simply put, public and private school parents are not hands-off when it comes to their child's education, especially when you consider homework. Spending an hour or three on homework each night is part of the public and private school as well. Students often complete this work with little intervention, but parents are still responsible for ensuring their child understands the content and finishes all their work. 
Homeschooling is the same way. Once your child reaches the age where they can read instruction and have been introduced to a particular topic, they should be completing any worksheets or written assignments largely on their own. Homeschooling parents are not hovering over their child every hour of the day. Because homeschooling, because home education is so much more concentrated with plenty of one-on-one time, you can finish a day's worth of lessons or teaching in almost the same amount of time that you would be doing homework after traditional school. So the point of this, and when I really thought about this, I was like, oh, this, this clicks to me. All school requires time, energy, and engagement, right? So regardless of what you choose for your family, and and I was public school and Joey was homeschooled, so we both kind of have perspective here of what this looks like, but um, the timeline, the time frame can be pretty, it almost equals out. I remember when Sophia was in all-day preschool and she had a binder full of homework <laughs> she had to finish, which I'm pretty sure we just said no. Um I have, you know, all the kids on our street go to public school and I talk to their parents and I kind of, I'm always so interested to hear the amount of homework that their kids are working through. And so if you think about, and it depends on how you structure your homeschool, right? Um, Some people do work from eight to three in the home anyways, but for a lot of people, they actually find that they can finish their schoolwork or finish their lesson introduction or finish their, you know, repetition and practice in a few hours a day. Um, and then you have the rest of the day versus traditional school. But regardless of your time, and this is obviously different for folks who work outside the home and there's other considerations. The emphasis I want to stress in this section is that there's no passive parenting, There's no passive educational choice. Every choice is going to have different levels. To me, sometimes the thought of like participating in a PTA or a parent organization and then like that overwhelms me. (laughs) Whereas someone might look at me and say the thought of being at home with my kid and teaching a math lesson overwhelms me. But if you compare them side by side, you know, different topics, but both different ways that we're involved in our child's education and so I don't want people to think oh homeschooling I'm I am abundantly more involved in my child's education than you could ever be because that's just not true I know so I know really really engaged parents who send their kids to public school who probably know the curriculum better than the teacher (laughs) you know it's not a one-size-fits-all I think you can have varying levels of participation and that's the piece I want to encourage parents to do is to is to accept that responsibility there is no passive education and one of the biggest ways we've seen this is with the subject matters that fall outside of traditional academia right because yeah we can teach our kids how to do math and write and read and understand basic history and science but what about all the other stuff so do you want to talk about that? Do you want to talk about sort of what other stuff we focus on? Yeah, I mean, you know, getting into that, uh, just to, as a transition, I had some thoughts on this idea of parental involvement in school no matter where you are. 
And I would say that there's an image given off by the schooling system that it is the schooling system's responsibility to some capacity. And early on, when you send it, your kid to, to preschool, all day daycare, or whatever, you know, whatever schooling looks like at a really early age for you, it is less involved. Let's just be honest. There's less true learning going on. There's more social learnings. There's more natural learnings that are happening in this environment that they're going to. And as they get older, it definitely um, changes and becomes more. Next thing you know, you find yourself in a position, like you said, where they're coming home with a bunch of homework. Um, they're, they're not understanding concepts, but the class moves on, right? And parental involvement is, is critical. And I think anybody um, would, to some extent, agree with that, that their involvement is, is definitely important in their child's education, whether they're in public school or private school or homeschooled. I think that there's an interesting dynamic as well where parents sometimes don't want to don't want to take responsibility for their child's education and you see this in my kid comes home with a bad grade i go to my kid say why do you have a bad grade in you know math i say, you know, holding i I'm, I'm seeing an image in my head of this of this parent holding a a, a test that has an f on it and they're like well, what's going on here why are you failing this this class, or why did you fail this test? The inverse of the, the, not the inverse, but the the other way that that happens is the parent goes to the teacher and says, "Why is my kid failing math?" and wants to put blame on the teacher. When in reality, when this report comes home, the report of the student, like the update, the progress update, is not to show the kid how you know, hey, this is where you are and how you should change. It's also not a progress update of how well the teacher's doing. It's an update to the parent of, hey, just so you know, this is where we are. This is where we are, teacher, student. This is where we've come. And I'd, I would challenge parents to see that and be like, oh man, I, have I been involved enough? Have I been, have I been sitting down and, and checking in on the homework that my kids are doing or helping them study or, or whatever? Now, what I'll say is that in homeschooling, that element of what's happening is removed. And so it's a little bit more evident. It's a little bit easier to relate to that concept because when your child fails a test, you immediately think to yourself, oh no, like, You know, what's, what's going on here? Did we go too fast? Should we slow down? Should we pause on some concepts? And quite frankly, you have the freedom to do so because the class isn't moving on. You're not going to fall behind. You can take a few extra days to understand where the uh, confusion was. Yeah. So uh, I'm sorry, I got a little sidetracked there. You were, you were asking me about. No, I think that was all good. I, I want to talk for a moment about how, and this will especially apply to those who who do have their kids in public or private or hybrid or whatever you want to call it, 
um, there are subject matters outside of academic um, subjects that matter a tremendous amount to us personally. And there's skills that we want to build. And, and I, it's so funny because the school system, I believe, has changed. Because when I talk to my mom, you know, I, I, I tell her, like, hey, we, we, we love this idea of this particular, you know, school where the kids are in, you know, a lab for four hours learning a, a trade and then they have their traditional academics after. And, you know, it's this trade school thing, but it's not. And she looks at me and says, yeah, that's how my high school used to be be I used to have you know we had shop class and we had other we had big arts programs and it wasn't just all high academics all the time every day and um and so it's this weird the school system has shifted you know for whatever reason and parents really you know I don't know that we have adjusted in a way that compensates for that but I I want to talk about the things that are important to us as a family that fall outside of that. One example, obviously, is cooking with our kids. Them having a good understanding of what real food is. Them having an accurate nutrition and uh, curriculum and, and information, which is 95% of what I do with my time when I'm thinking about that. So what other skills? I mean... Let's talk about the other skills we're trying to hone for our children. I mean, yeah, I love I love the cooking one, and I and I would only add to that that even beyond just the understanding of food, um, the the actual basic practice of it, knife skills, how to supreme an or how to supreme an orange. Um, most most adults probably don't know what that is. Um, segmenting orange, yeah, oranges. Um, how to dice an onion i mean there's just stuff that i'm like how to make a stock I, th- this stuff you will use your entire life mm-hmm. no matter what profession you choose whether you go into food or not being able to cook is huge it's huge so thankful that i went through the the practice of learning how to cook it's it's never been something i've regretted ever I think in addition to that, um, gardening, where's our food come from? There's so much there that um, I believe is valuable. Um, anything that's self-sustaining. Yeah, you know, we haven't gotten into talking about you know taxes <laughs> with our kids, but I would say that financial responsibility is something that we're definitely trying to slowly integrate into our daily education life skills life practice with our kids whether it's here's some money that you've earned for going to work with dad today and it's the it's the only money you get and you get to buy something from target and the pain that they go through when they see all the things that they want that are wildly more expensive than the four dollars that they earned Mm -hmm. And um, um, and the concept of, well, you can spend a dollar of it on this, you know, piece of candy and then you can save the rest for later. And well, why would I want to save it? Well, if you save it and you work some more and you get some more money, well, then maybe you can get that bigger thing that you wanted. It sounds so basic and simple, but at the end of the day, these these concepts, much like learning how to do 
addition and subtraction to multiplication to fractions to you know ratios all of this stuff builds on each on itself so um hunting is definitely another one of those things meat processing um you know um is there anything i'm missing here uh, uh there's some big ones to me that are sort of more like virtue character items but i mean apologizing to our kids because we're with them so often and we obviously make mistakes and we we sit them down and we say hey we're apologizing to you right now because we want to model that for you because you're going to make mistakes and when you do make mistakes we still love you we're here for you this is the protocol you follow you apologize you you come with a genuine heart and you learn from that mistake it's it's which Again, it's like duh, parenting 101, but I don't know how, um, even I didn't think about it in the moment. You were the one that had to say, hey, maybe we should apologize to Sophia for how we approached that topic with her, you know? So it's just, these are intentional things we have to think about. This doesn't come naturally. Does it come naturally for me to say, oh yeah, I'm going to apologize to my kid because you know what? Kind of lost my cool there and that wasn't good. No, what's natural to me is to be mad and in a bad mood all day because of how they're acting like fools. (laughs) So um, even that, even this you know, we have these little phrases that Sophia's picked up from books she's read or um, (sighs) The ideas of discipline, the ideas of, uh, and not in like a punishment form, but like, no, training yourself to self-discipline, meet a set of standards. Yeah. Um, Being bored is a huge thing. Learning how to deal with boredom, learning how to deal with, hey, I have an hour before we're leaving the house. I have some stuff I need to do. Um you kids got you need to figure it out for the next hour and go play outside and wander and oh my goodness that that's not that's not a life skill that kids these days are necessarily growing up with because there's constant stimulus everywhere so removing some of that intentionally um yeah and we could talk for days about all the different ways and again these are things that regardless of your your educational choices you should be thinking about Mm -hmm. right utilizing creative methods to um study different topics that that are interesting to you and yeah so so sort of into that same conversation we're going to jump back into this book gone are the days when a classroom was the best or only place to access information beyond your home With the availability of technology, public libraries, museums, we can open children to an entire world of knowledge. Documentaries, art galleries, and food markets can all be places of learning for children. Remember, homeschooling doesn't mean you and your kids are literally home all morning and afternoon. Quite the opposite. Homeschooling means you're not confined to a 7 a.m. bus pickup or a 3.30 drop-off, allowing you to get proper sleep, stay out on your day's adventures as long as you wish. Because homeschooling is more about living life and teaching holistically than it is about checking math worksheets done at the kitchen table, you can be anywhere and do anything during your, quote, homeschool hours. So this is sort of like what we were just talking about. 
flexibility, the freedom, the room for outside learning. And, um, I mean, I think it's pretty straightforward, but this is probably my favorite part about homeschooling because I, as a creative thinker and like really interest driven person, love going down rabbit holes with the kids. I love that. I love saying, Hey, I found this really cool documentary. We're going to watch it this afternoon and talk about it. That's a homeschool day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, There's so much room and freedom. And, um, hey, one of the sweetest parts about our kids' lives is how much time they get to spend with their grandparents. Seeing your mom on a regular basis, seeing my parents on a regular basis. Um, and it's during those times where usually they would be outside of the home. And so it's just a create, it's a, it's a really sweet opportunity for them to build that multi-generational family tie and have learn how to have conversations with people of all ages, right? And and relate to their grandfather who takes them out to lunch once a week and then they go back and they watch a Twilight Zone. I mean, that's a a um a fun part of homeschooling that applies to this. Learning and information are everywhere all the time. But it can also be overwhelming. So I don't know if you have any thoughts on that bit. No, I, I think that covered it pretty well. That was great. As, early, as mentioned earlier, homeschooling takes a holistic view of life and education. The goal is not to recreate your child's experience in a traditional classroom. If you're aiming for this environment, why not send your kids to a public or private school? Instead, homeschooling is more about living life with your children, teaching them life lessons, modeling your character, infusing traditional subject matters when necessary. You do not need stacks and stacks of rigid curriculum or standardized tests to make your child, to make sure your children are on track. This concept takes a bit of relearning if you've grown up in the mainstream education world. Once you break free from the cultural constructs around education, you can find freedom and peace in your decisions. No matter what your educational route you choose, you have the ability to be an engaged, intentional parent. Children thrive in all different kinds of school situations, and there's no best form of education. Unfortunately, though, many families who would benefit from homeschooling never consider the option due to the overwhelming societal pressure or misinformation. Don't let fear or intimidation keep you from exploring the opportunity to experience true freedom found in home education. So... Obviously, I'm a little biased because we've chosen to homeschool the last five years, and I found some freedom in that. Um, but I, I wholeheartedly believe that there's no right way. There's no one. It's, it's the yeah. There's there's never one whole right way for everyone that's going to apply to them. So I hope from this conversation, people who are in all different schools of thought around around educating their children can glean something from this because we're all working towards the same goal we all want to build the next generation to be as strong and well equipped as possible we want to see them grow up and take over the things that we're doing and make things better like no one's fighting against that or at least they shouldn't be and there's not one road to get there there's a million different ways 
Um, but of course there are, there's always cultural leans, right? And so it's, I, I often run into, oh, you homeschool? Oh, that's nice. Or I could never do that. Or, or the opposite, right? Oh, of course you homeschool. That's the only way to raise your children. Yeah. And I don't sit in either of those camps. I don't think either of those are helpful. Um, and so I, I like this conversation a lot because I feel like we break we break down a little bit of that. And I also just want to point out and, and be transparent that, um, yeah, we've homeschooled for five years. And, yes, it's a, it's a conversation every single year. What's next? What about this kid? One year at a time, one child at a time. Do we need a math tutor? Should we be going back to co-op? Should we be meeting with this family? Should we switch up this curriculum? What should we do? Uh, you know, I, we honestly check in with our kids. We ask them what they want. I mean, we didn't even talk about the story of us pursuing other opportunities and, and listening very intently to our child's, you know, expressed wants and needs. And that's a part of homeschooling. That's a part of regular education. That's a part of anything. So, um. Before I sort of read my final words of wisdom, do you have anything else you want to add to the conversation? No, I think that uh, we'll, we'll close it on your, your, your post that you, you put out because I think it's, it's spectacular. But the, if people wanted to learn more about this, they could get this book. It's free mm-hmm. on your website. Homegrowneducation.org. It's free. It is free. What's it called? It is called Contemplating Homeschool. It's just an ebook. It's a PDF download that, you know, at checkout, you'll be asked for your email and address for whatever reason, but no credit card information. And uh, it's a sh- quick little book that you can have on reference to talk about um, unpacking home education and seeing if that's, you know, what's right for you. In addition to that, we have a number of other resources on there to help get your kids in the game with these life skills. Yeah. Um, we got some real food courses that we've built out that you've built out for um, teaching your kids about nutritional value of different ingredients. So there's some activity books, everything from handwriting to cooking dinner and um, going shopping, right? Yeah. Resources for upper elementary, middle school age kids. That is a real food nutrition curriculum really the only of its kind and then an early elementary activity book because we just want to start kids off on the right foot Um, and we have some resources for adults too so if the homeschooling conversation is intriguing to you and yet you're also in pursuit of real food which is probably why you're on this podcast there's some resources for you as well so and if people had further questions that they wanted to ask you personally always available on instagram (laughs) homegrown underscore education yes feel free to dm me send me a message leave a comment i try to get to every one of them so i would love to also talk to people i'm (laughs) at joey hazelmeyer he might actually be more accessible this you know he could be the yeah but my you know the info that i'll share back is probably more uh comedic relief rather than some people need that inspiration if you you need that Come find me. At Joey Hazelmeyer. Close this off. We're going to wrap this up. Just I'm going to read a caption of an old post because I feel like this is sort of the the song I want to sing on top of my roof right now. (laughs) 
I want to shout it from the rooftops because it's inspiring to me and it and it paints parenthood in more of this exciting adventure instead of something that ruins our adulthood, which quite frankly, I'm really sick of that narrative. Maybe we'll do a whole podcast on that. Anyways, parents, your job is so much bigger than daily correction. You've been given a small piece of this next generation to shape, mold, and build into people of integrity. You have gifts and talents, passions, stories, and legacy to pass on to your children. You're modeling adulthood for them. Make them crave it. Make them excited to grow up and have babies of their own. Make them inspired by your creativity, your kindness, your servant heart. Teach them the things you wish you had been taught early on. Cooking, hunting, fishing, gardening, business, leadership, housekeeping, home repair, creativity, critical thinking, just to name a few. Learn with them, grow with them, and create change with them. Parenting is bigger than the bedtime struggles. It's bigger than playing referee through yet another sibling fight. It is our daily opportunity to pass on the very best of ourselves and connect them to their creator. Enjoy it.